Are you ready for the end of the world? I guess that's not really end of the world music. Are you ready for the end of the world as we know it? Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to your community spirit with Orda Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we are here to bring you another half hour of exciting and informative spirit. Right? Yes. <laughs> Adventure, excitement, <laughs> doom and gloom with somewhat of a sense of humor. Or at least we're going to try to wake ourselves up, right? Yeah. With all the stuff that's happening in the world. Did you realize that there is a world out there and things are happening? I, I kind of did. It d- depends on how awake I am, but I'm pretty awake now, so I realize this fact. Today is a nice sunny day with enough wind to yeah, blow you around. It's like, <laughs> I will blow you away, nature says. So would you say it's a sunny day sweeping the clouds away? Woo-hoo. On my way to where the air is... Oh. But air is clear. <laughs> no, air is sweet, because then it rhymes with Sesame Street. <laughs> there you go. So, I started this the show off with a little bit of Native American music, because um, I've been following the longest walk as they walk across in a prayer for um, Mother Earth, cleaning up Mother Earth, praying and visiting sacred sites, and, well, basically doing a prayer for us. Um, I got a little bit of late breaking news. Um, last night I got a call. Um, let's see. The Southern Routes bus is on the verge of breaking down. It's, um, it's how they transport a lot of their supplies and it's their backup bus or, you know, um, it's backup for the walkers and sometimes the runners. They are now about 130 people and so they're having a little bit of hard time transporting everybody. So that's the southern route. The northern route is on the verge of um, going into West Virginia. And let's see, what did they do this last week? They um, they went to the Future Energy, or they were going to stay at the Future Energy, I forget the whole name of it, it was in Ohio. Um, Anyway, they ended up going to Antioch College. Did you know Antioch College is on the verge of closing? I heard about that. I didn't know exactly what was going on. Yeah, so that became a sacred site for them to um, go and do some prayers for because, well, it has, it's, a, it's a religious college or it has religious connotations. And, you know, they've been doing a lot of good things there, not just, well... I was going to say not just teaching. <laughs> uh, yeah, teaching is a good, good thing too, but, but <laughs> they've also been doing extroverted good things. Yeah, uh-huh. um, and um, what do you call it? Uh, Dennis Banks said that he's going to visit the Northern Run. Um, well, right now he's visiting his son right as he's done with college or um, right before college starts. One of the two, I forget what he said. But um, So that's the longest walk. If you want more information about The Longest Walk, of course, longestwalk.org. There are a lot of volunteers that are posting blogs and uh, pictures under forums or under photos so you can see, like, the latest and the greatest of this, that, and the other thing. So um, I have a pretty close connection to The Longest Walk. 
considering I, I don't know how close. I was on it when I was three, so mm, yeah. I feel a little bit of a connection, but I don't remember it, but I don't know. It's like the idea of people walking 4,000, I think 4,600 miles across the continent, taking five, five and a half months to pray for everything and cleaning up Mother Earth and visiting sacred sites and just generally bringing prayers across the U.S. So, also, there is Peace of Dignity Journeys. They are taking the prayers across all of the Americas. It's a, it's a relay run. It started the beginning of this month, May 1st, in two places, Toke, Alaska, and Ter- um, Terra del Fuego, Argentina. So basically the both ends of the Americas. <laughs> yeah. And they are, they are um, running across the Americas, and they will meet whenever they meet, like right yeah. in the <laughs> center, probably around Panama. Yeah, I'm just picturing them both arriving at the Panama Canal at the same time and tossing the baton over the Panama Canal. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of the idea is to meet, you know, they're trying to coordinate it. But, I mean, the southern route has a little bit more troubles because they're going to go through um, a little bit more strife. Well, I don't know, maybe the U.S. is kind of hard to run across. Uh Um, The northern route actually had some cops beat up a few, uh, um, one of the people in security um, a couple days ago, they they generally don't have time to get permits to you know walk through towns. Yeah, because they're well, they're walking continually, and so they hit some little town in Ohio. I forget the town. It's known for its racism. Oh, you mean Idaho? No, in Ohio. Oh, in Ohio. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you said they were coming from Alaska. Oh, this is the longest walk. Oh, the longest walk, okay. I'm getting them all mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> so the northern route of the longest walk, and um, the, the, you know, the cops showed up and said, you have to walk on the sidewalk. So they all got on the sidewalk, and one, there's usually two people who wear yellow shirts that say security. Yeah. And they're, th- you know, and he didn't jump on the sidewalk fast enough, so a, a guy, one of the young cops jumped on him and... Um, well, beat him up and put him in the cop car, and they drug. There was a you know a support vehicle behind, yeah. And they drug, um, um, well, actually a local woman from here. She's she joined the longest walk, Melissa. She, they drug her out of the car, and there was a bunch of kids in the car. They didn't drag them out, but um, and they brought them all to the jail, and then the justice department intervened. Because, um, I mean, for the local cops, it was just some, you know, a bunch of Indians walking through town. Yeah. But for the, you know, the, the, the feds, they know that this is a big deal. Yeah, they knew what was going on. And so within the hour, the Justice Department intervened and got everybody out. And, of course, there was no charges. And they were, like, kissing everybody's butt. But <laughs> the one kid got beat. Well, kid, I don't know. You know, he's early 20s. Yeah. Got <clears throat> decently beat up i mean yeah and there's no you know if you've taken someone into custody you can let them back out but if you've beaten someone up you can't unbeat them up (laughs) right (laughs) so and i mean i was um i was telling my dad that um melissa's getting the true native american experience (laughs) you know she wanted to join yeah (laughs) and you know that it's not all like 
I want to say hippified. Yeah. It's not all peace and love. I mean, it's a lot of hard strife for a lot of Native Americans. A lot of them really hide who they are because, um, I don't know, it's just, um, so prayers for a lot of people. Yeah. Yep. So, um, back to peace and dignity journeys, um, the reason why I mention that is they will be coming through our area. There's like a few runs in the United States that, that, you know, they call them local tributary runs. And so there's the Trail of Tears runs that will be running through our area. And um, I want to say the 25th of, of, approximately. So if you go to Peace and Dignity Journeys, I think it's that .org, um, they will have, like, you know, the, the schedule of where they're going. And look up the Trail of Tears run. I will mention more about it as we get closer to the time. But anyway, it is another group of people doing a prayer. And they did, their original one was in 1992, commemorating 500 years of survival of the indigenous people. So... Yeah, and it's peaceanddignityjourneys.com. Okay, see? And journeys, I actually misspell it. I'm usually a good speller. Journeys is J-O-U-R-N-E-Y-S. Yep. <laughs> so, all right, let's get to, well, these, the Peace and Dignity Journeys is actually a local happening because, well, they're going, they're going right through on the route of the Peace um, Trail of Tears, which is like through Anna and Jonesboro and crossing over the bridge in Cape Girardeau. So, yeah. So they will be... Very close to us in our very area. Yes, so. within our bubble of the DBX broadcast. There yeah. you go. So, if anybody does happen to see the runners, um, give me a call at 893-1717. They will be in and out in probably two days because, well, they're running. <laughs> uh, run, run, run. <laughs> and they run mm. over. It's amazing how much ground you can cover when you're doing a relay run. It's like... All right, some local happenings. Oh, yes. It's already June. Yeah, how did that happen? It's like we are getting close to the summer solstice. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, at the start of this month, May 1st, and I was like, oh, but it's June already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yes, we have just... You didn't catch me. You didn't tell the... You didn't make me look stupid. Yeah, it took a second for it to dawn on me, as you said. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, the Peace and Dignity journey started May 1st. Yeah, I didn't want to interrupt. This month. <laughs> Since it's such an important happening, I didn't want to burst in there with silly details. <laughs> but let's see. Yeah, since it is June, uh, the Big Muddy IMC is having their series of June films. And we'll just mention the first two for you. Uh, coming up tonight... Uh, they're having a presentation on mountaintop removal with Corina Lang. One of the most atrocious practices of the coal industry in and around West Virginia is the practice of mountaintop removal, in which explosives are used to literally level mountaintops with horrendous consequences to the surrounding environment. With the help of a couple of short films, Corina Lang will help inform us about the issue and what we can do to stop the practice. So that's tonight at 7 p.m. at the Big Money IMC, that's located at 214 North Washington in Carbondale. Like, I I like to call that one, like, a Lex Luthor scheme, just because it seems like something an evil, you know, like a, a cartoonish villain does. Is Oh, look at that mountain. I'll blow up the entire mountain to get out the coal. Yeah, well, the idea is to try to make West Virginia as flat as possible. <laughs> yeah. 
The scenery is not beautiful with all those mountains. It needs to be <laughs> flat, flat, flat. Yeah, those mountains are in the way. Yeah, <laughs> the way of way, progress. In the way of progress. <laughs> um, what is it? Um, pave paradise and put up a parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then um, the week after that is on June 13, Escape from Suburbia. This is a sequel to The End of Suburbia, which the Big Muddy IMC screened a couple weeks ago. Escape from Suburbia asked the tough questions. Are we approaching peak oil now? What are the controversies surrounding our future energy options? Why are a growing number of specialists and citizens skeptical of these options? What are ordinary people across North America doing in their own communities to prepare for peak oil and what will you do as energy prices skyrocket and the oil age draws to the close mm-hmm. and so i'm trying to remember it now what will we do after oil i don't know what yeah we, what will we do after all yeah after we, all after yeah, oil. Well, after this what will we do after oil <laughs> so well might be a little bit like Mad Max in, in The Road Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess we'll see. Hopefully if we plan ahead, you know, it won't get that brutal. <laughs> so, okay. So that's at the Big Muddy IMC, uh, 214 North Washington. And in other happenings, uh, I'm excited to say that the Sunset Concerts have returned. I just found out yesterday that it's actually the 30th anniversary Really? Yeah, at least according to their flyers. It's the 30th anniversary of the Sunset Concert. So they could just be making it up, you're saying? Yeah, they could be making it up. I know it's been around for at least, uh, uh, oh, I, I hate to say, <laughs> 11, 12 years, because <laughs> I've, I've been going to it that long, <laughs> which is a sign that I'm starting to get old. But uh, I'm not old at heart because I still love to go and dance, and I dance at them more now than I used to. Yeah, see? You get younger at heart yeah. as you get older of... Um, Physicality. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, I remember in the old Mork and Mindy series that his species, they were born really big and then they grew younger and younger. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm kind of like that. But anyway, for the young at heart, the Sunset Concerts, uh, they're going to be Thursdays at 7 p.m. For, uh, for pretty much throughout the summer. The first one is coming up next Thursday, June 12th. So you better listen. It's before our next radio show. Yes. So we're announcing yeah. something that's it before the next radio show. Yes, so you've got to listen now and take note, otherwise you might miss out on the action. It's coming up next Thursday, the Chicago Rhythm and Blues Kings. Uh, that's obviously a blues group, and they're going to be playing at Shryock Auditorium on the SIU campus in Carbondale. Then the following week, there's a group called Sojourn, which is classic rock, and they'll be playing at Turley Park. And then they alternate like that between Shryock and Turley Park. Like The one coming up on June 26th is called the... NK Band, which is an Afro-Latin groove rock band. I'm putting that one on the schedule. <laughs> That's June 26th at Shryock. <laughs> so then from that, they keep alternating between Shryock and Turley. So pretty much if you forget the schedule, you've got a 50-50 chance. Of finding know. out where it's yeah, at. I'll just show up at Turley. It might be there. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm i going to miss this, the middle one because I'm going to the Midwest Renewable Energy Fair up in Custer, Wisconsin. Um, I have so far seven people lined up to jump on the van. It is a 12-passenger van, so if you would like to jump on board, 
Um, even if the van gets full, I am pulling a trailer. So if <laughs> someone wants to jump in the trailer, I'm sure I could handle a few stowaways. This <laughs> is the world's largest renewable energy fair. Um, 270 exhibitors this year with over 200 workshops. Um, if you want information about the workshops, the website's a little hard to remember. It's the, T-H-E, dash, M-R-E-A dot org. The Midwest Renewable Energy Association's annual, annual, the world's largest renewable energy fair and sustainable living. I didn't even bring any of the information. It's all out of my car. Sustainable Living Expo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of the... I'll have to remember next week to bring the information. Isn't this the one you've described where they basically they create a, an entire renewable village because it's a small town and yeah, the, people descend upon it? Yeah, the, the town is 300 people. Um, last year they had about 20,000 people show up at the fair. Just the campground is 40 acres. Um, the fair site, I think, is another 40 acres. Um, they put up a you know, ton of circus tents and... It becomes workshop booths, and I mean, literally, the site, the actual Renew the Earth Institute, where it's held, is um, completely renewable. I mean, there's solar and wind and hot water systems and all kinds of stuff. So, um, I don't know. I'm not going to hype it up too much because I already got a van load of people going. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but well, you can always carpool if you know if yeah. you're that excited about it too. And I do have a booth there, so, you know, anybody who does come gets the chance to, you know, work for a couple hours in my booth and learn about renewable energy, like, firsthand, talking to actual people. Yeah. And so, um, I want to go take the course. I pick, I was looking at my schedule yesterday, and uh, the one I want to go is community uh, photovoltaics, community solar electric, where the community gets together and installs a big system. Uh, that sounds so, good. Yeah. All right, let me throw this on right before we get to the news. If you would like a happening to get, well, happened, yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, please email it to info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Or you can also email it to treesong at treesong.org. You can do both to be sure, you know, that extra effort to make sure one of us gets it. Fishing sure has improved in this lake. Those conservation buffers along the streams running into the lake really make a difference. The buffers filter out pollutants before they can enter the waterways and reduce algae and weeds in the lake. Families are back to enjoy the lake, too. To learn more about how conservation buffers benefit fish, wildlife, and water quality, contact the Natural Resources Conservation Service at your local USDA office or call your conservation district. You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about, well, caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. You know, that slogan gets more and more meaningful the more I say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, we came up with that back in 99. Yeah. When the world was going to end because of the uh, Y2K. Yeah, it was just like, <laughs> are you ready for the end of the world? <laughs> And it was just like, yeah, so yeah, be prepared and just yeah. think about what you do and your actions and, you know, bring your friends around you. And it was, there was a lot of thought put into that and 
it's amazing that you know I just now kind of say it kind of mundanely, but I just yeah. it just hit me. You know, caring and sharing and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Yeah, it's it's pretty deep stuff, and yeah. maybe that's why it's withstood the test of time. Yeah, <laughs> man, I've been doing this show for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> it's like your community spirit live and in person. Yes. All right, let's get to some news. Live, local, got, and in your face. <laughs> we only got a couple minutes to do a couple news. Yeah, because so much local happenings that you know. But we do have time for some news. Uh, I'll mention this one because it's about schools. Out with the red pen, in with the green. House passes bill to green up schools. The House of Representatives has passed a bill that would put more than $20 billion over the next five years toward improving energy efficiency in schools. Democrats say the modestly named 21st Century Green High Performance Public School Facilities Act would save school districts billions in energy costs. In addition, said Education and Labor Committee Chairman George Miller, it will, quote, make the facilities safer, cleaner, and better for the learning environment these children need. The White House has threatened to veto over what it sees as, quote, an inappropriate and costly new federal role in modernizing and renovating public schools. Straight to the source, Associated Press. Now, see, I think it also is good because then it may be an opportunity for students to learn about energy efficiency and such. Because if the school's undergoing those renovations, then they might actually t- teach the students about it. Like, this is what we're doing. <laughs> you can't come in the gym for a week because we're putting in, you know, new, you know, new systems. <laughs> well, I'm just going to read these couple headlines. My side of the mountain. The Department of Energy applies to store nuclear waste at Yucca Mountain. The U.S. Department of Energy has actually now finally, well... Formally applied for a permit to build a nuclear waste storage facility at Ayaka Mountain. So, it's tens of thousands of pages. <laughs> and then, in the bad news, <laughs> as oh. if that wasn't bad news, um, too hot to hand over. Um, Dow and Boeing ordered to pay $926 million for nuclear pollution. This is a settlement from a jury trial that ended in 2006. 12,000 area homeowners are seeking compensation for property damage and health risk from plutonium contamination. So, and good news? Great scoot. Great scoot. (laughs) Great scoot. Scooter ridership zooms as gas prices rise. (laughs) Between 1997 and 2007, annual sales of new scooters jumped from 12,000 to 131,000. Now, scooter sales in the first three months of 2008 were up 24% over the same period last year, and sellers are actually having trouble keeping scooters in stock. But engine-powered two-wheelers don't get a full embrace from purists. Quote, well, scooters are better than cars from us. Efficiency and pollution standpoint, they are noisy, still somewhat polluting, especially two-stroke engines, and they still make streets less safe for bicyclists and walkers, said a spokesperson for the advocacy group Transportation Alternatives. Quote, if someone is really looking to make the shift away from his or her car, we'd rather they go the whole nine yards. Huh. Straight to the sources, Herod Net, Associated Press, and the New York Times. Yeah, yeah and I'm still looking into electric vehicles, um, at treesong.org slash electric, 
you can gauge my process, my progress towards getting an electric vehicle. <laughs> Got a piggy bank of $100 now. So one day I will be riding around in an electric vehicle. Possibly even an electric motorcycle. All right, we have time for one more. Which one do you consider the best? You oh, get let's pick. see. Woohoo! <laughs> oh, there's so many, uh, so many <laughs> not happy ones. Let's see if I can find a happy one. Uh, not really. Oh, here we go. We'll go with this one. <laughs> Flock together. New climate campaign aimed at U.S. consumers. A European campaign to raise consumer awareness of climate change has made its U.S. debut. The Together campaign, not to be confused with the similarly named and agendaed We campaign, was initiated by the nonprofit Climate Group and kicked off in the U.S. by California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg, and United Nations Secretary General Ban Ki-moon. Various nonprofits, companies, and politicians are involved. Together, they'll seek to guide consumers to greener products and practices, aggregating the CO2 and dollars saved in an aptly named Togetherizer. <laughs> Quote, I extend my best wishes for every success in saying hasta la vista to climate change. Said, oh, well, we'll let you guess who said that one. <laughs> I'll have to reread that now that I know who said that quote. I extend my best wishes for everyone, success, in saying hasta la vista to climate change. <laughs> you could probably guess who said that one. Who? Even who, with my who? bad accent. <laughs> I have no idea. So straight to the source, uh, Reuters, PR, PR Newswire, and Brand Republic. I actually think this is a good one. It's called Nothing to Sniff At. Mexican City Residents Losing Sense of Smell, says Research. The air pollution in Mexico City is so bad that it could be harming residents' sense of smell, researchers say. People who live in the city, which exceeds the World Health Organization's ozone standards 300 days out of the year, did a worse job identifying common sense like coffee and orange juice than residents of a neighboring rural area. They also took longer to detect the smell of rotten food. Why the nose damage? Quote, the olfactory receptors are very exposed to pollutants, says researchers Robin Hudson. They are just hanging out there in the mucus, end quote, to use the scientific term. <laughs> yeah. Straight to the source, Reuters. So, I actually think that's a good thing. Have you ever been to Mexico City? Uh, no, You I don't want to smell it. <laughs> All right. This has been another exciting, hopefully informative, hopefully half hour of your community spirit. We will see you on the radio. Yes. <laughs> see you on the radio next week.